This is Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tom Gazzola with you on this Wednesday edition of the podcast. Uh, I'm from TSN 1260. If this is your first time tuning in, you can also catch me on TSN from time to time and providing some insight and analysis with our good friends on NHL Network as an Edmonton correspondent. It is Wednesday. It is game day. The Oilers wrapping up a three-game Pacific Division road swing. They were in action last night in Anaheim against the Ducks. We're going to break down that game as well as get you set up for tonight's matchup, which is a pivotal one. First place on the line in the Pacific Division as the Oilers go toe-to-toe with the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll also get into this day in hockey history, and we'll also hear from the Oilers locker room as well as the club looks to bounce back from a 4-3 overtime loss in Orange County last night. Let's go over last night's game. Tale of the tape. The Oilers outshoot the Anaheim Ducks 32-21. They win the faceoff battle as well. Handily, 61-39%. The power play clicks going 1-for-3. And the penalty kill goes 2-for-3 on the night. The winning goal would come on an Oilers penalty kill in overtime hits 16 for the oil 27 for the ducks 11 block shots from edmonton as opposed to 16 from the ducks and then giveaways 12 for anaheim nine for the oilers i thought the block shot total would be more for the ducks because i think it they they did a really good job of getting in lanes last night we saw a few pretty good opportunities spoiled by ducks getting in the way or getting a stick on a puck So the 16 block shots that Anaheim did have last night, a lot of them were pretty effective. The way this one went down, Sonny Milano opened up the scoring at 546, unassisted of the first period, his sixth of the season, first as a member of the Anaheim Ducks in his Ducks debut. Then it would be Nicholas Delorier, eight minutes later, picking up his fourth of the season on a feed from Larson and Del Zotto, picking up the secondary assist. That would make it 2-0 Anaheim. The Oilers very sloppy in that first period, not picking up assignments in the defensive zone, pucks not breaking out well. It didn't seem like anyone was in sync, especially in the offensive zone as well. It took them a while to get the offense going, and that was a really slow and sluggish start on the part of the Oilers. And on the defensive side of things, a bad giveaway by Riley Shahan on the first Milano goal that gave the Ducks the lead. And and then even defensively, I don't know what was going on. Mike Green making his debut with the Oilers didn't look great on that play either. And then on, on the Delorier goal, Darnell Nurse looked lost without a cause. He was basically at the top of the crease waving his stick after Larson fed a puck across to Delorier who was basically in the slot alone, unabused, untouched, and uh, Delorier fires home his fourth, mostly known for his fisticuffs as opposed to his scoring touch, but there he looked like a, a sniper, absolutely, as Darnell Nurse was sitting at the top of the crease in front of Mike Smith. So the Ducks with a 2 nothing lead after one, things not looking great for the Oilers until Tyler Ennis picks up his 15th goal of the season, a beautiful goal, quite frankly, at 9.09 of the second to cut the Ducks' lead in half on a beautiful feed from Andreas Athanasiu and Connor McDavid, also picking up his first of three points on the night. 
So the Oilers do cut the lead in half going into the third period. Then it would be Leon Dreisaitl scoring his 37th goal of the season, 99th point of the year on the power play at 4.23 to tie things up. The assist going to Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Connor McDavid. So tie game at that point. At the 12.33 mark, Adam Henrique would score his 24th goal of the season from newcomer Danton Heinen and Josh Manson. That would give the Ducks a 3-2 lead. But Andreas Athanasiu, in his first game as an Oiler, picks up his second point of the night on a nice play by Tyler Ennis, who had a strong drive to the net. Athanasiu found a loose puck behind John Gibson and just fired it home or slid it home or just banged it home. I don't know how you want to describe it. He just got his stick on it, and then it kind of trickled in at 15-25. Connor McDavid, by the way, getting his third point of the night on the second assist. 3-3. That would get the Oilers a much-needed point and take them into OT. And then in overtime, this was something that uh, came up, was Connor McDavid taking a penalty in the offensive zone, tripping up Sonny Milano. At first, I thought it was a really soft call. And then uh, we got some texts on our post-game show saying, that uh, if you watch it again, it was actually probably the right call. I watched the replay about 55 times because it just kept looping on my computer as I was listening to post-game audio. And sure enough, uh, McDavid does give Milano a good whack behind the net. Milano goes down easily, and McDavid takes the penalty. And on the subsequent power play, it would be Milano banging home uh, Adam Henrique pass Getzlav with the second assist, 4-3, the Ducks win it. That's a power play marker at 2.05 of OT, and that is your final observations about this one. Hey, listen, McDavid, Athanasiu, and Ennis did their part. Seven points on that line last night. McDavid led the way with three, Athanasiu and Ennis, a goal and an assist each. Both of them were flying once they figured out you know, how to play with Connor McDavid. I really look forward to seeing that line in action tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. I thought Josh Archibald, you know, was trying to fill in for Kyler Yamamoto on that second line with Leon Dreisaitl and Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And you could really tell that there's a disparity between the chemistry that Yamamoto has with those two as opposed to what Archibald was trying to create with those two. You got to give Archibald credit for trying. You know, he's looked really good when he's filled in for... Zach Cassian or anyone else on the top line with Connor McDavid. So wasn't exactly a great night for the second line five on five. Of course, Nugent Hopkins picks up a point and Dreisaitl picks up a goal as well. We'll see if they can find a little chemistry tonight against the Golden Knights. They're going to need both of those top two lines going. Absolutely. And then the bottom two lines, pretty quiet overall. Uh, you know, Jujar Kera, Gaetan Haas, and Patrick Russell, limited minutes as well as the third line of Shahan with Marcus Granlund, as well as Alex Chason. Chason did get a lot of power play time. He finished dash one with one shot on goal and one block shot. He looked at times like he was fighting it. As for the defense core, it was actually Caleb Jones and Adam Larson who were the only two players that wound up Plus, the other four defensemen were minuses. Darnell Nurse, tough night for him, playing 25-27. And uh, he looked lost a few times out there. He looks like he's really fighting it right now. He's battling through these added minutes. And, uh, you know, it's going to happen. I know he's a veteran player on this blue line, but 
uh, a tough night for him. He's got to kind of shake it off and pick up his game tonight against the Golden Knights because they're going to need 25 in orange and blue tonight. Absolutely. Ethan Bear looked good, but also sloppy defensively, along with Nurse. Of course, that is a deep pairing. Bear, though, on the offensive side of things, looked good, made a couple of really good plays to keep pucks alive in the offensive zone, especially on the power play. He played 26-51 last night, five shots on net, minus one, one hit, one block shot, three giveaways, one takeaway, 348 on the power play, and 238 shorthanded. So Dave Tippett leaning on him a lot. In goal last night, Mike Smith, 17 saves on 21 shots. Can't really fault him for any of those goals, especially the the Delorier one where he basically could clap it from the slot from about 20 feet out. And then the Henrique goal. Henrique missed the assignment so he could walk in all alone. And uh, the Sonny Milano goal as well. Bad turnover, and he just walks it to the net and fires it home. This is Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We talked about last night's game. Let's talk about tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights, a battle for first place in the Pacific Division. These are two huge points. Not to say that I'm a smarty pants, but I said this would be a pivotal game before this road trip started. Uh, I said that, I believe, on Friday. I don't know if it was on this program or on TSN 1260, but I said I feel like that game on Wednesday night is going to be a big one, an important one, and sure enough, it's for top spot in the Pacific Division. Sometimes a blind squirrel finds a nut from time to time. I would say that that is exactly what happened here, although not hard to guess that this would be an important game between the Oilers and Golden Knights. The Oilers come into this game with a 33-22-8 record. That is good for 74 points through 63 games. Vegas, by the way, 34, 22, and 8 through 64 games, 76 points for the Knights. On home ice this season, Vegas pretty good, 19, 10, and 4. They are 7, 2, and 1 in their last 10 games. They are on a heater right now. They have won six straight games. As for the Oilers on the road this season, 18, 12, and 3, pretty darn good. And in their last 10, 5, 3, and 2, of course, losing in overtime last night to the Anaheim Ducks. Looking at other teams chasing the Oilers and the Golden Knights and uh, competing with those two teams for position in the Pacific Division. Vancouver is currently sitting second in the Pacific. They have 74 points tied with the Oilers, but they've played one last game. They're 34-22-6. The Canucks have won two straight. Calgary through 64 games, coming off a big win over Boston in Boston, 33-25-6, good for 72 points. So the Oilers just two points up on the Flames. Calgary 6-4-0 in its last 10, and they have won back-to-back games. As for Nashville, they currently sit in the second and final wildcard spot at 70 points through 62 games, 31-23-8. 6-3-1 in the Preds' last 10. They have won back-to-back games as well. And then you've got Winnipeg and Arizona tied with Nashville at 70 points each. They do not own the tiebreaker, obviously. The Predators do. Winnipeg has played 65 games. Arizona has played 66. So things looking a little bit bleak for the Coyotes. They are 4-5-1 in their last 10. They're coming off a loss to the Florida Panthers. And the Jets scratching and clawing, fighting with the Preds for positioning. 
trying to lock down one of these wild card spots because Nashville and Winnipeg both nine points back of third place Colorado in the Central Division. As for tonight's matchup with the Golden Knights and the Oilers, some stats to get to heading into this one. The Golden Knights coming off a 6-5 OT win on Sunday over the Ducks. Vegas, obviously one of the hottest teams in the league. I mentioned they're 7-2-1 in their last 10. They're 19-10-4 at T-Mobile Arena, obviously. Mark Stone leads the Golden Knights in assists and points with, with 42 assists, 63 points. Max Pacioretty leads the club in goals with 29. Edmonton ranks first in the league on the power play at 29%, second in the league when it comes to the penalty kill at 84%. Of course, Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid are first and second in power play points, respectively, in the league at 40 and 39 points. Dreisaitl, the NHL league leader in game-winning goals with 11. Vegas, by the way, 23rd on the penalty kill with a 77.7% average. The Golden Knights average the most amount of shots per game at 34.5%. Out for the Oilers. Kyler Yamamoto with his ankle injury week-to-week. Oscar Clefbaum shoulder is on IR. James Neal, his ankle issue, has him on the IR. And Joachim Nygaard, hand issue, broke his hand, blocking a shot a few weeks ago on IR as well. Chris Russell with his concussion situation has been placed on long-term IR. As for the Knights, pretty healthy overall. Alex Tuck is on the IR for them with a leg injury. Dave Tippett, no lineup changes for him. Same group that played last night. As for his goalie situation, he will go with Miko Koskinen between the pipes against the Knights. All right, so it's the Oilers and the Golden Knights tonight. We're going to hear some audio. Let's go to Vegas and hear from defenseman Adam Larson as his club looks to bounce back from a 4-3 OT loss in Anaheim last night, they're playing a better team in the Golden Knights. And the Oilers, by the way, were sloppy, especially in their own end, specifically in that first period. Uh, how have you felt Caleb Jones has done stepping into a pretty big hole with Oscar Clefbaum out? Uh, really good. I, I think he's he's been solid. He's he uh, He's been taking a lot of pride in, in that role, and I think he's done a really good job. Uh, Still a young guy that have a lot to learn, uh, but he's learning every day, and I think he gets better every day too. So, yeah, it's a lot of positive about him. Big difference now as opposed to last year when you guys were playing together under Hitchcock. Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, we didn't really have a good run together, so <laughs> we said we said to each other that we not gonna screw it up this time. So, and I think it's been been feeling pretty good so far. Uh, I mean, it's it's really big games for us, and all of us, have, all the decor has to play good right now. Adam, uh, obviously, there's no question it's a tough task to do again. Going up against a Vegas Golden Knights team, won six in a row, a hostile environment. You guys are two points behind them. How have you felt that this team has risen up to the challenge so far up to this date in the season? Well, it's a, it's been a lot of ups and downs, um, or I wouldn't say downs. It's we have a couple of losses in there, but. Uh, it's a hungry group. We know what is at stake, and I mean, even tonight, it's it's a division game that's really big for for both teams. So, I mean, this is the time of the year that 
most played, most fun to play. So it's, uh, it's, um, I think one of those games that can really set the bar for the rest of the way. Do you guys consider yesterday's start a little bit of an outlier since you guys have the most goals in the NHL in the first period and you guys got off to a slow start? Yeah, I mean, overall, first period yesterday wasn't good. Uh, I mean, I don't know if that was something to do with a lot of new faces, the deadline or whatever it might be, but we got a point out of it and now we got a chance to get five out of six, so that should considering a pretty good trip. Six and zero on the back-to-backs. Usually, teams go, "Oh, the other team's waiting for you." They got a much better advantage. Why are you so good on these back-to-backs? Good question. I don't know. I mean, it's short turnaround. It's, I, mean, it's a chance to get four points in two nights, and that's a pretty good weekend. How does playing in this building? If if they get the lead on you that becomes more difficult because this building is a little louder than some is it no it just makes it more fun it's a <laughs> it's a fun building to play and why is it fun for you we asked josh why is it fun for you i think every time you go into a, to arena that it's the crowd is into it is fun um i mean this one is special it's a lot loud music and a lot going on so it's it's just a great atmosphere, and I think everybody on the team think it's fun to play. And yeah, I think we really enjoy it. You've killed a lot of penalties over the years. You've been part of some relatively unsuccessful Oilers PK groups, but this group this year has been really good. What's the difference? Um, I mean, we've changed a lot of structure-wise, and I think confidence has a lot to do with good PK. Um, we're feeling good about it right now, so it's, it's a little structure change, but I think confidence has a lot to do with it. In terms of structure, more for the defense or the forwards, or just like complete change across the board? Complete change. I mean, it's different coaches, different pressure points, and yeah, it's a lot comes into that. Not many passes getting through the, the box this year. No, I, I, I just think overall that we're clicking better. Uh, and that's what you have to do if you're going to have a successful PK. And obviously we've changed a lot from last year. And once you see successful, I think that makes makes you more confident and makes you makes it easier to kill. Adam, uh, just as, as the Oilers made those three trades, can you give us a sense um, did the players sort of, because you guys had an off day, do you guys text each other, hey, look like we did? I just wondered about how it gave everyone maybe a, just a boost and a, a positive energy knowing that the GM went out and did that. Yeah, I mean, I think we we had a good great, good day as a group. Uh, I think pretty much every player follows the deadline, whatever you feel you're not getting traded or you're getting traded. So it's a, it's a kind of stressful day for everyone. I mean, it's but it's nice to have it over with and... We're really glad to have those guys. They're they're really good players. They're Green has been in the league for for a long, long time. Been successful, so it's uh, yeah. I think the, those guys were exactly what we needed. Is it more difficult as a player if they don't play in the, in the West or in your division where you don't see them as often? And as 
has played out east a lot, and and obviously um, AA. So you're you're looking at me. Okay, they're the names, but I haven't played too many games against those most sort of players. Yeah, it could be. I mean, you don't watch them on TV as much. You you don't follow the team as much as we do in the in the West. So it, I mean, yeah. That, and I haven't played one single game against those guys this year. So, but you know who they are, and you know pretty much every player in the league. So it's you got a pretty good idea what they bring. So there you go, Adam Larson, as his team gets set to take on the Golden Knights. The goaltending matchup for this one: Miko Koskinen for the Oil. He is 16, 12, and two on the season with a 2.89 goals against average. 9-11 save percentage with one shutout. We will see Marc-Andre Fleury between the pipes for Vegas. He is 25-14-5 on the year, 279 goals against average, 9.06 save percentage. The flower for shutouts this season. This day in hockey history, February 26, 2001, Euler legend playing for the Rangers in 01. Mark Messier scored to become just the fourth player in NHL history to have a 20-goal season at the age of 40. His milestone came in a 3-2 loss against the visiting Ottawa Senators. Anytime I can slide a stat about my favorite player of all time, Mark Messier, the Moose, I'll do it. So even though he was a Ranger on this day in 2001, becoming just the fourth player in NHL history to have a 20-goal season as a 40-year-old, uh, I'll get it in there. That's, uh, that's my bias, but uh, so be it. I feel like uh, Oiler fans don't really mind when it comes to Mark Messier. Good Edmonton native and an Oiler legend. Always great to see the wonderful things that he has done over the course of his career. All right, just a quick note to pass along your way. This will be the last episode for the week when it comes to Locked On Oilers. I am off to New York City for a wedding. I will catch up with you on Monday as we get you set for the Oilers and the Nashville Predators. Edmonton heading back on the road after a quick stop at home against Winnipeg on the 29th. It is the leap year. They will be kicking off a three-game road swing in Nashville on Monday. Then it's Dallas on Tuesday and wrapping things up on Thursday against the Chicago Blackhawks. So that does it for this week on Locked On Oilers. We will be back on Monday. Enjoy the Oilers and the Golden Knights as well as the Oilers and the Jets. Talk to you on Monday, everyone. Take care.